You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs. It's Unnecessary Roughness, presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. Great players demand, obviously, a lot of attention. They have a lot of guys, you know, on that side of the ball that do a really good job. Their whole defense, they play really well as a unit. Knowing where they're at isn't always the problem, more the execution of it and the detail that you play with and the effort, you know, and toughness. So that's what's going to be demanded Sunday night. So we're going to need to play like that in every phase on every play. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your boy Q. There you heard Raider Nation. Raiders head coach Josh McDaniels meeting with the media earlier today and officially turning the page from the Buffalo Bills loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers. They got to go forward. That's all they could do. No looking back at this point. Sunday night football is next up for him. Of course, it's the season home opener at Allegiant Stadium, and that's what he's talking about right there as you hear a coach talking about the Steelers and what they've got to do right as uh, they welcome in Pittsburgh to Allegiant Stadium. It's going to be a hell of a battle. Every team in the NFL will be watching Sunday night football. You know how that goes. Last game on the docket on Sunday. So, you know, you want to have an opportunity to make a statement, get that bad taste out of your mouth from what happened on Sunday against Buffalo, go out there Sunday night, put on a, a hell of a performance on your home field and make your fans super happy and fired up and excited like the Buffalo Bills fans were excited on a Sunday when it was their season home opener. So uh, there you go, head coach Josh McDaniels again. Met with the media earlier today around 11 o'clock uh, Pacific time at the Intermountain Health Performance Center. The Raiders are practicing right now. Actually, they're getting practice wrapped up. Uh, open locker room will come up in a little while, about 45 minutes from now. Also, Jimmy Garoppolo and Devontae Adams will be speaking with the media, and uh, we'll hopefully get some sound from the locker room from Vinny Bonsignor, who I know is there at the uh, practice facility getting prepared and seeing what he can see and hearing what he can hear. So we're officially turning the page from the Buffalo game to Pittsburgh as well. We've uh, kind of been talking about that the last two days that, you know, you can't do anything about it at this point. We talked about it. We complained about it. We diagnosed what we felt was wrong. Now it's all about the silver and black going and fixing what was wrong and applying it to their team and to their game and the game plan this upcoming Sunday. We did get a little bit of, I want to say, clarity on Chandler Jones. Not a whole lot of clarity, but Ian Rappaport was the first to put out that Raiders pass rusher Chandler Jones has been placed on the non-football illness list as he deals with a personal issue. The team has stood behind him, and no one has ruled out a return if his situation improves. Why do I start off with that? Because when this whole situation started a couple weeks ago, I know there was a lot of confusion. A lot of people didn't know what the hell was going on. People thought it was just a, a player that was upset at the coaching staff, and I think myself and Ari did a really good job, and everyone really on Raider Nation Radio 920 did a really good job of slowing our roll and not jumping the gun and all said, hey, there's obviously something more here than just a player upset at the coaching staff. And I think as it's played out the last few weeks, I think that's become more and more clear to everybody. So I can appreciate not only Raider Nation, but also everyone here on the radio station that has, like I said, slowed their role and allowed this process to play out. And clearly it's not where it needs to be yet as he's been put on the non-football uh, illness list. And hopefully anything that Chandler needs, this Raiders organization is able to get to him and provide for him so he can get back where he needs to be, not as a football player. I can give a rip about the football player. The man. The man is what's important. And a lot of times we lose sight of that. And, uh, you know, and I know this is not applying to Raider Nation, but uh, as I've been really paying attention and locking in on everything nationally going on with the National Football League and, you know, seeing certain players from the Minnesota Vikings not performing the, the way they're supposed to perform or the way that fans thought they were supposed to perform and they jumping in their DMs and 
calling them racial slurs and telling them to kill themselves and just a lot of ugliness and nastiness. And that's what I hate about the sport. I hate about fantasy sports because I believe a lot of fans go a little bit overboard and they get upset and, and, and look at these guys as, well, just that. Oh, you, you got to go out there and get me 24 points of fantasy for my fantasy team. Or you need to catch that ball. You need to make sure you win this game. You need to be available to go sack the quarterback. I could appreciate, and again, I, I tip the cap to Raider Nation. I really do. I could appreciate all the fans that said, you know what, we're going to wait and be patient and see what's going on with Chandler Jones because clearly this is more than just a football-type situation. So, again, I commend you because, man, I've seen so many bad situations that have gone on across the league uh, with multiple games and multiple teams where it hasn't been that way and it's gotten just flat-out ugly. So, again, my thoughts and prayers are with Chandler Jones, the man, not Chandler Jones, the football player. But uh, hopefully we'll continue to get some updates and Chandler Jones will get the help that he needs. But I definitely want to start the show with that update on what's going on with uh, Double Nickel, 55. Chandler Jones, as uh, we know, he has not been available this season. And we knew that there was something way more serious than just football going on with that young man. So as we continue to turn the page here and start paying attention to the Pittsburgh Steelers, we've got a couple good guests lined up on the show today that I'm excited about. None in the 2 o'clock hour, and I know that's not normal for us, but just the way that it all lined up with the locker room and the way practice lined up, it wasn't really going to make a whole lot of sense to try to you know, squeeze somebody in there and then all of a sudden they have to go run off to the locker room or something. So we said, no problem. We'll fall back till tomorrow. We'll get Vinny Bonsignor. He'll join the show around 2.30 tomorrow, maybe 3 o'clock tomorrow, whatever the case may be. But coming up at 3 o'clock, uh, we'll have Brooke Pryor from ESPN. She does a fantastic job covering the Steelers like a glove. I mean, she's been doing this for a very long time. She knows that team inside and out. And uh, she'll join the show at 3 to talk about the Steelers, talk about that defense. That Oh, by the way, yes, they create turnovers. Yes, they can get after the quarterback. But yes, they also allow a lot of yards on the ground. So I look at this game as a game that potentially – and I say potentially with a capital P, Josh Jacobs in that running game could get going because the Steelers' rush defense is not that good. But we'll talk all things Steelers with Brooke Pryor coming up at 3 o'clock. At 3.30, we'll have Mick Akers. Uh, he'll join the show from the RJ. And uh, the reason why we're going to have Mick on, we have him on every once in a while really for the business side of things when it comes to sports, and that's the same as this situation. He put out a piece in the RJ, and it's funny, I noticed it right after we – hung up or right after the show wrapped up yesterday and I think about five minutes after the show wrapped up I was texting Ari like all right we got Mick on he's going to talk about Sandra Douglas Morgan he put out a piece on the Raiders president Raiders president reflects on year of change for the franchise so I uh, found it to be a really good article that Mick put out so I just wanted him to come onto the show and and just talk about it a little bit more go into deep detail of what's gone on the last year since Sandra Douglas Morgan has been the president of the silver and black and you know she was he heavily um, you know celebrated when the, the announcement was made and we were all at Allegiant Stadium and we saw Mark Davis make that announcement and she did a little Q&A and there's been a lot of times that we've seen her around town and I know during training camp and preseason a lot of fans were super excited whenever they see her they take pictures with her she She's been very accessible, but he got down to the roots of what she's been doing the last year for the team. We all know that when she took over as a team president, uh, she was highly touted as, well, one, someone that was like overqualified for the job, right? She was way overqualified for the job. I mean, Sandra Douglas Morgan is qualified enough to be like a senator, right? I mean, she, she, has, I mean, she has the smarts. She has the contacts. She knows a whole lot of people and, and, and like I said, has accomplished a lot of things in her, in her career. So, 
I think it was a privilege, and I think it was an honor that the Raiders were able to get her as a team president. And so I just want to, you know, really get down to what's been going on the past year. And I know she came with a lot of connections here in town and how those connections to the community has really helped out the Silver and Black moving forward. Again, more on the business side of things. But Mick Akers will join us from the RJ coming up at 3.30. And then at 4 o'clock, we'll have Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports. And she joins us every single Wednesday, either at 3.30 or 4, to talk about the Aces and UNLV. The Aces now know who their next opponent is. As uh, the Dallas Wings, they won yesterday over the Atlanta Dream, and they're advancing. So the Dallas Wings, who gave the, the Aces a L earlier this year, is going to be the, the next team up as they continue to try to uh, ride that ship and, and, and have a back-to-back championship. And I feel like they're in a collision course with the New York Liberty, and I think everyone thought that when the season started. Hell, before the season started. But both teams have to get there. Right now, the New York Liberty, they've advanced. So far, the Aces, they've advanced. So there you go. Another round's coming up. So we'll talk all things Aces, but we'll also talk UNLV as they picked up that big win on Saturday at Allegiant Stadium over Vanderbilt, picked up an SEC win. And that was big for Coach Odom and the program. And, you know, just, again, UNLV is looking at, can we find a way to get to six wins? Can we find a way to get to six wins? Well, through three weeks so far, they're 2-1. and one. So, yeah, and now they're uh, in, in El Paso uh, taking on UTEP this upcoming week. So, uh, yeah, that should be – you know, that should be, I think, a win, but we'll see, right? There's a reason you got to go out there and play the game. So they're trying to get to six and become bowl eligible. So Paloma Villacana, Fox 5 Sports, she'll join us at 4 o'clock. And instead of having a guest at 2.30, what we'll do, we'll hear from head coach Josh McDaniels. As I mentioned, he, he met with the media earlier today. So we have a few sound bites that stood out, a couple about the Bills game, but everything else is really focused in on the Pittsburgh Steelers. So we'll do that at 2.30, and then at 4.30 we'll have reason or excuse. My man Ari will come over, take out the take over the wheels of steel, and hit us with some topics. We'll decide reason or excuse. And throughout the course of the show, as always, we want to hear from you at 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword R&R. So Brooke Pryor from ESPN at 3, Mick Akers at 3.30, Paloma Villacana closes our guest list out coming up at 4 o'clock. And, of course, Raider Nation, you're going to be the star of the show, as always. That's how we like it. My man Ari's in the Finley Cadillac Performance studio i'm in the home studio we call it studio q and of course it's all being brought to you by the jewelers of las vegas let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive the opening drive of unnecessary roughness on raider nation radio 9 20 a.m is brought to you by paul Law. it's not about the injury it's about the recovery and off top, before we get into any kind of subject that I want to bring to the table, I have a couple texts that I want to get to real quick off the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword r and That's what it's for. You can get a hold of us at any point. Uh, the first one is from the 707. Chandler doesn't look healthy in his latest IG stories. It is sure damn hard being a Raiders fan. The non-football news the last few years has just been emotionally draining. That's from the 707, and there's no doubt about it. And I've been monitoring and seeing what, you know, what's been going on and what Chandler's been saying on Twitter and IG or this, that, and the other. And, you know, some of the videos that he's put out. It just, again, like I said, the first day that this all happened, when we had a couple people call and they were a little upset about what was going on. I said, man, this does not seem like Chandler Jones type. Uh, you know, his, his behavior. He, he's just not that guy. So clearly something's going on. And you're right. He doesn't look good in those, uh, those, uh, those Instagram videos. I'm just hoping, again, for the man himself to be getting the help that he needs, or hopefully he can find the help that he needs to get back to where he needs to be. It's not about money. He's going to be fine. It's not about legacy. He's fine. It's not about getting out there and helping the Raiders get to the quarterback. They'll be fine, right? Even if some say, no, Q, they won't be fine. No, they will. Because it's way bigger than sports. It's way bigger than football. It's way bigger than wins in life. It's about winning in life. And Chandler Jones right now seems like he's struggling to win in life, 
and I'm hoping and praying for him, the man, to be able to overcome that. But you're absolutely right about your observations from the IG, uh, from the IG videos that are out there. Uh, also, El Paso Raider hit us up, 69187Q. Uh, six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. Excuse me. It says Q and R. What's happening? Q. Happy birthday to your baby boy. God bless his soul. Raiders must win this Sunday for that reason alone. My beautiful daughter shares the same birthday and month. We'll be celebrating on Saturday. Turns twelve. Best wishes. God bless. Raiders just need to come out and dominate. No more excuses. That's from El Paso Raider. Thanks so much for that text. Definitely appreciate you. And he's talking about my oldest son, Kimani, who was born on September 19, 1999. Now, many of the people that have listened to me for a long time knows that he passed away in a car accident in 2020. Every year I do, uh, you know, hashtag Kimani's game, one of his games. It just didn't feel right for his game to be the Buffalo Bills game just because, I don't know, it just felt weird, right? And so I guess I'm glad it didn't because, well, they got, you know, Molly Watts, and so that wouldn't have been a good one to dedicate to him. He loves Las Vegas, right? He was dedicated. He wanted to to get to Vegas uh, for his 21st birthday and celebrate like a rock star. And he never got to his 21st birthday, so it only made sense for me to say, you know what? We'll uh, we'll kind of fast track, even though it's a few days removed from his birthday, which again was yesterday. Uh, you know, and make t- this upcoming game primetime action against the Steelers, Kimani's game. So uh, thank you, El Paso Raider, for that man. It's it, you know the 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 wishes, the well wishes, and, and thoughts and prayers for the family is definitely appreciated. And uh, yeah, we'll always make sure uh, we keep Kimani's spirit alive, no matter what. It's the least I could do is talk about him early and often because again. That's my dude. And, yeah, if the Raiders could come out and, and get that dub for him, that'd be great. So far, they're 2-1 in Kimani games, right? And they and I honestly, they should be 3-0. I'm a little bitter. I'm a little bitter. They should be 3-0. I'm just saying. They were up 20-0 last year against the, 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 the Cardinals at halftime. And it was getting hot in here. I was feeling good about myself. I'm like, man, it's going to be a successful Kimani's game. Until it wasn't. So, yeah, there's that. So they should be 3-0. They're only 2-1, and one, but they could change that this upcoming uh, Sunday against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But thank you so much for that as well. Uh, we get more of your texts and calls, but I do want to get into the question and the topic that I have. I always bring at least one or two. So the first one, and they kind of tie together anyway, but where is your confidence level right now in the Raiders being able to bounce back this week? It's real simple, right? It's a week-to-week league, especially early on. They won, they found a way to win against Denver, and they got boat roast, r- r- raced out of, uh, out of Buffalo, right? So, okay, so where's your bounce-back confidence in this team? Can they flush that, not worry about it, and get back to, you know, what they're supposed to be doing, which is playing Raiders winning football and, and, and getting it done? Where's your confidence level at as far as that's concerned? And I think one area of that, one thing that they're going to have to do to be able to bounce back and get a dub over the Steelers, they're going to have to be- run the ball. They have not been able to establish the run. We had Lincoln Kennedy on yesterday. He was talking about one of the things that they need to clean up is figuring out how to get the run game going. I think the running game is going to be very essential for the Raiders this upcoming week. If they win this game, I feel like it's because they're going to run the rock and they're going to run it really well. So the second part of that question as far as confidence level with the Raiders bouncing back, do you believe that the running game will get started this week against the Steelers? Again, a team that struggles to stop the run. So confidence level, the Raiders could bounce back this week. And how much do you believe the running game will get started this week against the Steelers? Uh, and they're a team that the defense struggles to uh, stop the run. So those are the two questions that we throw out there to you. 702-365-9200 and adobebroke.com text sign 69187 keyword R&R. And look, I'm going to say this, and I, it's, I don't want to say I'm going to go out on a limb, but I'm going to just give this team the benefit of the doubt. And maybe they don't deserve this. And if you call in and say they don't deserve it, I'll accept that because maybe they don't. I've been kind of back and forth a few times on if they deserve to get the benefit of the doubt. 
But I'm just going to chalk up what happened on Sunday against Buffalo as an awful day at the office. We've all had them. At any of our jobs, we've had awful days at the office. So I know every year the Raiders lay an egg at least in one game. I think last year the egg that they laid was against New Orleans, right, where they didn't even pass the 50-yard line until late in the game. And that by that time, Jared Stidham was already in the game. That was the big egg that they laid last year. So I'm going to say that they laid a huge egg against the Buffalo Bills, and it was just an awful day to have an awful day, right? So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that they are a better team than what we saw. And they're even better than the team that we saw against Denver. But they've got to go out there and prove it. And, again, I'm going – I'm putting myself out there saying I got confidence in them. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt because I feel like what I see with my eyes shows that they are better, more technique, more explosive, can make plays defensively more than what we've seen even the first two weeks of the season. Now, you know, Jacoby Myers, obviously you're hoping that he's able to come back. Devontae Adams, we know that he's going to be there. Jimmy G, I think he's going to have to spread the ball around, and I think spreading the ball around includes 13. But again, like I said, when I asked the question about can you get the run game going, I think eight's got to be a factor. Eight, 35, whoever, 11, right? I mean, whoever, whoever it is can get the run game going, I think they have to. I think it, it starts and ends with the run game because, look, the Steelers have a couple of bookends that can get after the quarterback at T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith. Funny fact, the Raiders could have drafted T.J. Watt. <laughs> the year that T.J. Watt was drafted by the Steelers late in the 20s, the Raiders drafted Gary on Conley. Gary on Conley. He's not even in the league anymore, right? Think about that. T.J. Watt has over 80 career sacks with the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Raiders could have drafted him, but they went after a corner. I understood why they needed a corner, and they went after Gary on Conley in the first round, even though he had all kind of off-the-field issues that were going on that turned out to be false. But there was still a speculation. He probably could have got him a little bit later. He could have had T.J. Watt. I hate doing the coulda, woulda, shoulda thing, but I was at that draft, and, man, I was so depressed. When, uh, when they drafted Conley, I thought, in the first round? In the fir- and then they doubled down with Obi Mellon Fonwu, who is what I call Bigfoot, right? You always hear about how talented the guy is and how athletic he is, and you never got to see it, even though he has a ring. How funny is that? Obi Mellon Fonwu, who's literally done nothing in the league, has a ring. But there's that. So let me get back on track, throw the question out there again to you. 702-365-9200 and the dobybroke.com text sign. The texts are already coming in at 69187, keyword R&R. What's your confidence level on the Raiders bouncing back this week? And do you believe the running game will get started this week against the Steelers, a team that struggles to stop the run? Tim in Texas, you're up first. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Hello, how y'all doing? All right, we're blessed. Hey, I was gonna, uh, I'm just going to say that my confidence level is high, and I believe once when the Raiders play these next five games, when they're done, they'll be 6-1. and one. But I wanted to ask you a question real quick. Um, I know Jimmy G played, you know, didn't really play all that good last week and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. With the quarterbacks that we got coming out in the draft this year, I don't know if uh, <laughs> if uh, Sanders is going to come out, but with the quarterbacks that we got coming out in the draft this year, even if um, um, the Raiders have to put uh, the fourth-round pick in mm-hmm. and let him play a little bit, do you see them – do you see them going for one of those quarterbacks next year? Because it's gonna be it's gonna be at least what about four or five of them? At least. And I, I really I really really like the, the the guy from Washington. That's who I really like. That's oh, Pettix. Really like. Yeah, Pettix yeah, is good. The one yep. from Washington. Uh, I, I mean, to be honest with you, him and Sanders are the ones that I like the most. But do you just, do you see them? Uh, do you see them grabbing one of them if, if they fall to him in the first round? All right, Tim, thanks for the call. Appreciate you. Yeah, I do, right? I mean, look, 
Aiden O'Connell might end up being the guy, right? I mean, we, and who knows when we'll get to see him in live action. But I think that the Raiders are going to routinely make a, uh, you know, make an effort to get a quarterback in the draft. I don't know if they're going to get one in the first round, depending on how they feel about their situation. But I'll tell you, selfishly, <laughs> selfishly, and my man Mickey will have my back. The wife would have my back. Mickey's wife Mary would have my back. If Shador Sanders were to come out, man, look, <laughs> look, dog. <laughs> Look, dog, I don't want to pound the table for a certain player and be like, got to go get that guy, got to go get that guy, and I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment. But, dog, if Shador Sanders are to come out, and I do think he will, man, look, that dude's got ice water in his veins. He's a cool cat. He obviously has the, the, the family lineage when it comes to Dion, so he knows what the, the bright lights look like, man. I ain't going to lie. I might have been sitting there watching the game on Saturday thinking, and I was telling Mickey, like, could you imagine Shador as a Raider quarterback? And I know I, I shouldn't be thinking about that in September, right? Well, they say don't covet what the next man has, but damn. <laughs> I mean, damn, <laughs> that dude could play. He could play. There was a point when the season started, I think a lot of people said, oh, that's Deion's son. Now ain't nobody saying, oh, that's Deion's son. They're saying that's Shador Sanders. That's a guy who has an opportunity to be a Heisman Trophy winner. That's a guy who has an opportunity to be a first-round draft pick. He wasn't being talked about that by hardly anybody a few weeks ago. Now all of a sudden you're starting to see what he does, and you're starting to see his leadership. You're starting to see the way he carries himself. Yeah, man, I, I, Tim, you done opened up a can of worms, man. I don't even want to go down that road right now. But, man, I'll tell you, I may or may not have had that thought go through my mind a couple times when I was watching him out there perform on a Saturday. So thank you so much for that call. Uh, but I do like what you said about – uh, having confidence in the team bouncing back, right? Again, I mean, it's a long season. That's why I don't want to get too down on the team. I do believe that, you know, you can't write these guys off after two weeks. And, I, and really, I think every team you're still trying to figure out who exactly they are. I know that the Steelers are not very good at stopping the run right now. Cam Hayward's on, like, I, IR right now, right? He's going to miss at least three, four games more. So he ain't going to be there. They got bookends to get after the quarterback, but uh, they're going to have to neutralize that with a healthy dose of the run game. I do believe that that is going to help in a major way. Uh, let's see. Got a text from the 925. He's not coming out. Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. That was shot down. Well, thanks for killing that dream. No, kidding. But, uh, yeah, I mean, again, it doesn't matter, man. It's September. I don't want to talk about the draft. But uh, <laughs> he's a hell of a player, I'll tell you that. Uh, this text from the 707, my confidence is in the staff to put the team in a place to win games is very low. I feel like it's going to get worse before it gets better. That's from the 707. And, look, again, that's fair. That's fair because the staff has to show that they can put the team in a better position, right? I think that it's – I don't want to say troublesome, but I think that there's a little something-something to it when you start moving coordinators around. That's why I asked Coach McDaniels on Monday about Patrick Graham being in the booth. Once you start moving coordinators around, I think that that's when all of a sudden there's some attention on that guy. Like, okay, hey, man, are you seeing the field okay? What's going to help you? What's good, how, what can I do to help you? That's, that's what I picture hearing when I start seeing coordinators get moved around. Well, how, how can I help you, man? How can I help you do what you do better? And, okay, well, let's go to the booth. Let's put him in the booth and see what happens. So I think that there's a lot of pressure on Patrick Graham to be able to call uh, a really good game and set this defense up for success. So uh, that's, that's a, I think that's a very fair question and statement coming out to 707. Thank you so much for that. Glenn in San Jose just hit us up and said, what up, Q? What up, Ari? Confidence should not be gone after week two. This will be the bounce back game for everyone. And maybe start Zeus for the first series just to see if it throws the Steelers' defense off their game. That's Glenn and San Jose. And, 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'd start Zeus. Thank you for the text. I don't know if I'd start Zeus. I, I'm definitely going to ride with JJ, right? Josh is going to be my guy. I'm going to have him first. But I don't think it would hurt to go ahead and throw, you know, Zamir White into the mix. You know, I, I really want to get Josh going. I want to get him jump-started. So I, I want to get him kind of lathered up early. But, man, if, if, if things don't look like they're cooking early, then maybe you just go – you go with the running back by committee. All right, you know, hey, Josh, this is your this is your series. Uh, Zamir, this is your series. You know, back and forth, back and forth. Maybe that's the thing. Somehow, some way, you've got to be able to get the run game going. You cannot go, and this offense especially, cannot operate when it's just pass the ball, pass the ball. Even on checkdowns, I know those are glorified runs, but, man, you've got to be able to run the rock. And one of the things that Lincoln Kennedy pointed out, and he said it for a long time now, is that when – You see Thayer Munford out there, you know it's a run. The Raiders aren't throwing the ball to Thayer Munford. You know it's a run. So you've got to be able to either block it up really well because they're going to crash the line of scrimmage, or two, you're going to have to have your tight ends step their game up when it comes to blocking. And the thing I liked about Michael Mayer is I knew he had really good hands. I knew that he could do and, and thrive in the red zone, but he was a willing blocker, right? I knew he had to clean up his blocking, but he's willing to do it. And so far, his blocking hasn't been that good. He looks a little confused out there. So he needs to step that up as well. If he's going to be that guy out there, if he's going to be leaned upon to be a big-time player for the Raiders, he's going to have to be able to do both, block really well and catch the ball really well. That was the, the staff's frustration with Darren Waller last year because he wasn't able to block. He was, And he's a dynamic player, and you want him out there because of his athleticism and how good he is, but his blocking wasn't there, and they weren't able to get on the outside. They weren't able to get J.J. outside. They weren't able to do those stretch plays that they want to do because the blocking, the, the seal wasn't there. And so you had to bring in Thayer Mumford. But everybody in the building knows that Thayer Mumford's in the game. They're running the ball. They're not, Jimmy G is not going to throw the ball to Thayer Mumford. Now I say that, and they'll probably get down by the goal line and like throw a big man pass or something. But, you know, it's more, more times than not, they're not going to throw it at all. So there you go. But thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you, Glenn. It's good to hear from you. Uh, 805 Raiders said no Cam Hayward should give the edge to Jimmy G in the offensive line and Josh Jacobs. Uh, Raider Dad Bod, I love that name. Great name, man, on the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword R&R. Confidence level of the Raiders winning is high up there, but just concerned about J.J.'s knees since Steelers are notorious for going after them. Other than that, I expect a much cleaner game for Jimmy. That's from Raider Dad Bod. And uh, talking about the knees, talking about Minka Fitzpatrick and the hit he put on Nick Chubb on Monday Night Football. And I've never known Minka to be a dirty player. Now, I don't, I don't like the way that he, you know, tried to attack, attack uh, Nick Chubb's body and his knees and try to get him to the ground, especially because he was already engaged with, uh, with another player that was working on getting him to the ground. That's one of those. That, that hit on Nick Chubb's knees was awful. And unfortunately for him, that's the second time that he's gone through that horrific knee injury in his career going back to Georgia. So uh, I don't know. I, I do a show uh, three, three nights a week on ESPN with Emmett Golden out of Cleveland, and he said straight up yesterday that he doesn't know if Nick Chubb's ever going to play for the Browns again. You know, he's got one year left on his contract. It's not a lot of guaranteed money. And now that he's got a shredded knee and have to have multiple surgeries is what it looks like. That's what's being reported. There's a chance that Nick Chubb might not ever play for the Browns again. And we all know how much the value of a running back is. And it kind of goes back to, and I know I'm getting off subject a little bit, but it kind of goes back to the running back's points in the offseason. Josh Jacobs uh, sat out, right? Saquon Barkley sat out until he didn't, right? I mean, guys, just they, they want to get their money, and these teams didn't give it to him. It, it justifies why the teams don't want to because they're one hit away from being a done deal. But for the running back's position, they're one hit from being a done deal. 
So they got to get as much money as possible. Saquon's already out. He's been ruled out for tomorrow's game. Thursday night football starting off week three. So he lasted two weeks. But he has injury history. Josh Jacobs, he's played so far two weeks. Hasn't looked good yet. But he's still healthy. So there's that. So, I mean, again, you go back to the argument about the, the running backs. I see both sides of the conversation. I hate it for the running backs because one play, just like what happened on Monday Night Football to Nick Chubb, could put you out for the season. And potentially, I mean, who knows? Maybe he, who knows if he ever bounces back? You know, it's, it's just that's, that's the reality of it, and it really sucks. But, again, we want to hear from you. 702-365-9200. Also, the don'tbebroke.com text line is 69187, keyword R&R. We've got winning on the way, the Ultimate Raiders hookup. We're going to get you in to win tickets to the game this coming Sunday against the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're also going to get you in to win two field passes. We're also going to get you in to win an autographed player jersey. We're going to give you some Raider memorabilia, and that, like I said, is going to get you in to win. We'll find out who the winner is later on this week. Plus, we got tickets to Power Trip all three days. Indio, California, Empire Polo Club, home of Coachella. You want to see Guns N' Roses, Iron Maiden, ACDC, Judas Priest, Metallica, Tool. We got tickets to all that. So before 5 o'clock, we're going to get you hooked up with a lot. Plus, we're going to hear from you. Again, 702-365-9200. Don't be broke.com. Text line is 69187. Keyword R&R. Coming up, we'll hear from you. Plus, we'll hear from head coach Joshua Daniels. He met with the media earlier today at the Intermountain Health Performance Center. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Padilla. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out Porta Subs' six-foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made-to-order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh-baked bread. Loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six-foot trays serve 12 to 16 people so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at portasubs.com. He sends Cook in motion through the middle and finally they get to him. To find Diablo on a linebacker blitz right through the middle and as soon as Josh Allen had it in his belly, he had the linebacker on top of him. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q, broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Josh Allen was not affected very often. He was not under duress very often on Sunday, but that was one of the the bright spots there. Devon Diablo with the sack. Of course, Max Crosby had a a hurry and hit his arm, and Roderick Teamer came away with the interception, but it was negated by a penalty. Nate Hobbs hands to the face, so... It was not to go for anything. So, But Divine Diablo did get home. Robert Spillane got credited for a sack. I believe it was just getting him out of bounds uh, behind the line of scrimmage. I, I remember when I looked it up, I was like, wait, hold on. I don't remember Spillane getting a sack, but there's that. So technically, I guess they have four sacks on the season. But you know, it wasn't one of those real effective sacks uh, for Spillane. But there wasn't a whole lot of that at all. And that's why we're uh, you know moving forward when it comes to what's going on with the, the silver and black as opposed to looking back to the Buffalo Bills. Of course, the Raiders host the Steelers Sunday night football primetime action. Cannot wait to be at the torch. Can't wait to be there uh, for the pre-pre-show. That'll start at 2 p.m. and it'll run until about 3.15, then, uh, or maybe 3.10. Then JT and Eric Allen will take over, and uh, they'll go all the way up to kickoff. They'll have some legends there at the torch. Of course, Raider Nation, we encourage you to come out to the torch, take your pictures, say what's up, hang out. Get a picture with EA, get some autographs from EA, and whoever else the Raiders bring up there. And there's going to be a hell of a day 
Kenny Stabler is going to get his uh, Hall of Fame moment recognized. Uh, I know that for a fact. I saw the Hall of Fame tweet that out earlier today. I think that that's going to be awesome. And everything I hear from JT is that uh, it's going to be a hell of a show going on at Allegiant Stadium on Sunday night. So I don't know what that means as far as who the, you know, who, who the, the act's going to be or, you know, whatever. What, I don't know. He didn't go into details, but I've heard him talking about it and saying that the Raiders are about to put on a show. I'm hoping that they put on a show on the field as well. Again, this is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. My man Ari's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. We like to call it Studio Q. So I say put on a hell of a show on the field because that's one of the questions that I have for you on today's show. What is your confidence level in the Raiders bouncing back this week? And do you believe the running game could get started since the Steelers' defense struggles to stop the run? Robbie hit us up on Twitter, and you could do that at R&R, 920 AM, at Ari Produces, or at your boy Q254. He said, Q, my confidence level is kind of lukewarm. In the past, I knew the Raiders' offense could put up points. I'm not sure if this offense can consistently score in the high 20s. In today's NFL, you can't win many games scoring less than 20 points. That's from Robbie on Twitter. and he, I, I told him my, my response was, great point, great feedback. 17 points like the Raiders put up against Denver is not going to win you too many games in the National Football League of 2023. It's just not. It's not your 14-10 to 10 game anymore. It's not your 17-14 to 14 game anymore. It's barely your 21-10 to 10 game anymore, right? You're seeing guys that are going to score and teams that are going to score a lot of points. You're looking at the good teams in the league right now, even the Chargers. Even though they're 0-2, they're still putting up points, right? You see what Miami's doing. They're one of the best teams in the AFC Conference. You're seeing the numbers they're putting up. Dallas is putting up 40 points, putting up 60 points, uh, you know, in, in quick, fast, and hurry. 40 in one game, and I think they had 20 real fast uh, against um, the Jets real quick, right? I mean, it's just you have to be able to score points. The better teams in this league are going to score points. So I think Ravi brings up a really good point that the Raiders are going to have to find a way to get that offense cooking, and I think the first way they do that is by way of the ground. Like, they've got to be able to establish the run game. I don't care if they have to start passing the ball first to open up the run game, but at some point, that offense has got to be balanced. If not, they're going to be in a lot of trouble. So get that feedback into us at 69187, keyword R&R, and 702-365-9200. Got a couple sound bites that I want to play from head coach Josh McDaniels, including a couple about uh, the Buffalo game. And the first one was just learning from the Buffalo game what they could do and attack this week. And that's similar to what we talked about on yesterday's show, what they should focus in on. So here we go. Coach McDaniels talking about learning from that Buffalo game. Yeah, the, the score is, I mean, you know, games, NFL games, um, you know, always can be flipped around in five or six plays. I'm not saying that that was the only, you know, uh, thing we needed to have happen. Um, but we learned from each game we've participated in this year and, uh, again, some lessons are harder to learn than others, and uh, we needed to learn them. And um, the biggest thing is it's a long season. Uh, there's a lot of lessons. You can learn them when you win. You can learn them when you lose. But the most important thing is that you learn them. And so, you know, we're going to find out if we've learned from some of those mistakes that we saw um, and tried to correct. Um, I think the attitude has been phenomenal. The response has been great. Um, you know, I would never question that from our team anyway. So, um, eager to get out there on the practice field and continue to try to improve. So there's head coach Josh McDaniels talking about learning from Buffalo's game. And, again, that was really one of the big subjects we had on the show yesterday. What can they take away? What can they look at and say, okay, we've got to clean this up. 
we can't allow this to happen. We have some great responses right there. And you hear Coach McDaniels talking about seeing things that they're trying to clean up as they were on the practice field today. They'll be on the practice field tomorrow. They'll do a walkthrough on Friday and prepare for uh, the game on Sunday. But uh, at least they know that there's things and there's plenty of things that they can clean up that, of course, they saw on film when they went back and looked at the Buffalo game. And the other thing that's most important about that Buffalo game is not allowing that loss to beat them twice. So here's Coach McDaniels talking about that loss, last week's game, not affecting the future of this team. We try to win every week. I mean, I mean, I, I, if I came in here and said that, then what would that mean for next week? You know what I mean? Like we can let our guard down and not try as hard or anything like that. So, you know, I, I respect the – I understand the question. I just, you know, uh, we try to win every week. You know, we, we do everything we can. The players do put as much time as they can possibly put in. The coach the same thing. So – um, you know, we're going to try to compete and win every week. So I don't want to make one game bigger than the next because, you know, it kind of has a it has a up and down effect on on the season. So there you go. This game is not more important than any other game. But, you know, they still they, they got to go out there and do everything they can to get a victory, especially in front of the home, the home crowd. Right. It's a season home opener, Allegiant Stadium. They haven't been at Allegiant Stadium since the first week of the preseason. It's been a long time coming. Now go out there and handle your business. And then you're back on the road after this game, right back to L.A., for the Chargers game, and of course that's like a, a, a home away from home, but literally you're not at home, so it's, it's still an away game. So I think that they really need to go out there with their best foot forward when it comes to this upcoming game Sunday night versus Pittsburgh Steelers. So here's the first thoughts that Coach McDaniels had just about the Steelers as they prepare to welcome in to Allegiant Stadium on Sunday night. This is why, you know, these are the kind of games you, you know, this is what you do it for. So, um, you know, great opponent. Um, you know, two great organizations. The Steelers, um, you know, have done it, you know, the right way for a long time. Coach Tomlin, 17 years. I mean, never had a losing season. Um, you know, just so much respect for him and the program that he runs there, the way they do things, how they play, how competitive they are every week, every year. Um, you know, our team's hard at work learning, um, you know, the things that they do, um, how they do them. Um, and they do a lot of things well. They got a lot of really good football players. Um, you know, they can win and beat you in a lot of different ways. Um, they're physical. Uh, they're explosive in all three phases. Uh, we saw that on, you know, Monday night, uh, how they ended up kind of flipping the game around there. Um, you know, and Sunday night football, Allegiant Stadium, you know, excited for our fan base. I know our guys are fired up for this opportunity, and uh, we're looking forward to get out in there on the practice field today. There you go. Head coach Josh McDaniels, kind of the opening statement he had about the Pittsburgh Steelers game and the fact that the Steelers are, are that team and they've, they've, they've been built the right way. Uh, they sustain success. I mean, I know it hasn't been winning championships, but as you heard, uh, you know, Coach Tomlin hasn't had a losing season, right? And I know that uh, some people in Pittsburgh are like, yeah, the hell with that. It's about winning a championship, and I get it. At some point, you know, kind of going 9-8 and eight now or whatever the case may be, not going 500, being better than 500 gets old. But, man, I'll tell you, just establishing a winning culture is what we've been talking about quite a bit here on the, on the show when it comes to the Raiders. They need to establish that winning culture where you know every year that the, the team starts a new season, oh, this team going to win 10 games, right? I mean, that, that's, that would be a good feeling to have. Oh, I know this team is guaranteed to, to win 10. It's like a unique Ngakwe. You want this team to end up being the, 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 the team version of unique Ngakwe. I look at him and I say, oh, yeah, he's going he gonna to get eight sacks. I don't have to watch and monitor what he does throughout the season to know at the end of the season, as long as he's played, he's going to get at least eight sacks. He's just that consistent. You want to be able to look at a football team. You want to be able to look at the Raiders and be like, oh, yeah, they're going to get nine, ten wins this season. You know, maybe they take that next step and, 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 and get over the hump. But 
to feel good about winning nine to ten games, that's where they need to get. They need to get to being a winning team and have confidence that they're going to be a winning team. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick at 702-365-9200. We'll get to some more sounds from Coach McDaniels in a minute, but let's talk to our guy, Dan. Dan, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, is this Fresno? Is this Fresno? This is Q. Yeah, this is Dan. Remember, you called me, and I wouldn't answer. Oh, yeah. What's up, dog? <laughs> That's why I said it. Is this Fresno, man? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, no, man, I'm going to be driving out in the morning. I just want to emphasize, I think the key to, to Sunday night's game, man, is is tight end blocking, man. Mm-hmm. Got to have that tight end blocking because we're, we're going to put two guys on each of the ends, Watts and the other guy. Right. Yeah, that's going to be a struggle, I, I man. Mean, <laughs> I mean, that to me, that that's going to be. And the other thing is, where are you going to be uh, Friday night? Um, I don't know. I'm not sure Friday night. Saturday night, I think we're supposed to be at Resorts World. Uh, Vinny's got something going on there, a uh, little Raider watch party. I think we're doing that Saturday night. Friday night, I don't know where I'll be. It, you know, the wife, she likes, you, the, thought, she likes the party. She might take me out Friday night. <laughs> the Buffalo Wild Wing. I thought oh. You were doing one of those. oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's Friday afternoon. Yeah, I'll be there, uh, 6640 North Durango. That's where I'll be for uh, this Friday during Buffalo Wild Wings from 2 to 5 p.m. for sure. I'll be there, my friend. All right. That's what's up. Appreciate you, brother. There he goes. Dan. Dan was the, the winner from the Boyd Gaming uh, and the ticket giveaway that we did last Friday. Uh, Dan's a good friend of the show. He listens to the Morning Tailgate, JT and myself. So we definitely appreciate you, Dan, and make sure you travel safe. Right now the weather sucks here. <laughs> I was on my way to Studio Q, and, the wet, and it was just pouring. And now I know it's, it's pouring over at the facility. Vinny Bonsignor just tweeted out a picture of all the pouring and flooding rain. And now I look outside the window here at Studio Q, and it's pouring here too. And I bet you, Ari, I bet you there at the 50 Cadillac Performance Studio, I bet you it's dry as a bone. I was going to say, not quite hit here yet. It looks, it looks that way, like it's coming, but... Yeah. This is the first thing. This is the first time I've heard anything about rain today. Hey, no dog, idea. it's so funny. I, I was driving. I was driving to the house and it literally takes me about 15 minutes to get from the studio to the house. And right around the airport, all of a sudden it's like the 215 basically came to a stop and it was pouring. Like it was coming down in buckets. Like I thought there was a bucket cloud like right above the car. And then all of a sudden, I got like a little bit past the airport and I was good. It was dry as a bone. So I got home. It was dry outside. Everything looked good. And now all of a sudden I hear the pouring rain coming down again. So Typical um, Vegas. Yeah, this, is, this feels like me being back in Texas. Like the weather in Texas could never figure out what it wanted to do. One minute it's raining, another minute it's cold, next minute it's hot as hell. Like you never knew what was going on in Texas. Like I would take my jacket slash shorts slash, uh, you know, hoodie all at the same time because at some point I need all three in the same day. 2.46 is the time. Take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll close out hour number one. We've got more sound. Plus, we want to hear from you. 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187. Keyword r and It's Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Ari's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. We like to call it Studio Q. Of course, Unnecessary Roughness is being brought to you by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. Shout out to my guy Mordecai. You need some kind of jewelry. He's going to get you hooked up in a major way. Definitely check out the Jewelers of Las Vegas. I'll tell you a lot more about them later on in the show. Coming up at 3 o'clock, Brooke Pryor from ESPN will join us, and she'll talk all things Pittsburgh Steelers. But the question I threw out there to you at the don'tbebroke.com text line and the phone lines as well, 702-365-9200 and 69187, keyword r What is your confidence level on the Raiders bouncing back this week? 
And do you believe the running game will get started this week against the Steelers' defense that struggles to stop the run? Rob in Oakland said, my confidence level is on the lower end, like a 4 out of 10. Josh McDaniel says, every season a team needs to learn how to win all over again. And this is for teams with continuity. I think the offensive defense are on a learning curve, and some players like Tyree, Ja'Cory, and Mayer are really raw. I don't like the individual matchups against their D. Mayer and the right side of the offensive line haven't impressed me with their run blocking, and Jimmy doesn't have a reputation for being prudent with his passes. I'm concerned our best shot is for our defense to be stout and generate some turnovers. That's from Rob in Oakland. And, um, well, there you go. Uh, his, his confidence level is not very high, right? And I think that everyone's kind of over the learn-how-to-win type situation. Like, these guys are pros. I know it's a, a different team than it was a year ago. At some point, man, you gotta, you got to just know how to win. Right? I mean, it's just you've got to know how to close things out. Coach McDaniel said it when he was on the Bustin' with the Boys podcast talking about, you know, put the foot on the throat, get wherever, whatever it took to get them where they were, they got to continue that and, uh, and keep it up. And so that's something that they've got to look forward to and they've got to keep doing. They got to keep grinding. Um, you know, and, and Jimmy, I'm hoping Jimmy has a bounce back game. Uh, I know that all interceptions are not created equal, but really in this game against Pittsburgh, ball protection, ball security is going to be a major major thing and it's funny that uh you mentioned the right side of the offensive line and actually uh Jermaine Illuminor has done pretty good it's funny because we, that's always the guy that we kind of look at and we're like well I don't know if he's gonna do all right and I'm kind of questioning the right side of the offensive line at times but and this is just according to pro football focus so take it for what it's worth no tackle has blocked as much as Jermaine Illuminor 54 snaps without giving up a single sack a hit or a hurry and the Raiders have not given up a sack yet this season. Now, it's only two games, small sample size, but I got to give him a lot of credit for being able to do that. There was moments where Jimmy was pressured on Sunday against the Bills, but to not have given up a sack yet this season, that's, that's a pretty good thing. So uh, the offensive line's got to be able to continue to do that as far as pass blockers, but they've also got to be really good when it comes to run blocking. Now, I did want to hear from head coach Josh McDaniels real quick as we have Brooke Pryor from ESPN coming up to talk all things Steelers. Wanted to hear him, what he had to say about preparing for that, that Steeler defense. Great players demand, um, you know, obviously a lot of attention. Um, you know, you're aware they got more than one, you know, I would say that. Let's start with, you know, they have a lot of guys, you know, on that side of the ball that do a really good job. I mean, Minka's, you know, had as many interceptions as any safety in the league since he's been in the league. And Patrick Peterson's still doing it at a high level. Uh, both of the edge rushers, uh, they got interior guys that create problems for you. So, I mean, it's, you know, their whole defense, um, they play really well as a unit. Um, you know, knowing where they're at isn't always the problem. It's more the execution of it and the, you know, uh, the detail that you play with and the effort, you know, and toughness. So, um, you know, we're going to that's, – that's what's going to be demanded Sunday night. So we're going to need to play like that, you know, and in every phase on every play. There you go. Coach McDaniels right there just talking about preparing for that, that Steeler defense. And, you know, again, I've said it when the season started, there's not – one team in the league that they can't compete with, right? There's not one defense that I look at and say, oh, man, the Raiders don't have a chance against them. But what I will say is if they get a little loose with that ball, the Steelers are very opportunistic. They're going to come away with it. They have guys that go hunting for the ball. Minka Fitzpatrick, now he has a chest injury. When we talk to Brooke, we'll find out how, you know, the latest status on him. He left that game on Monday night with that, that chest injury. They're coming off a short week. They're traveling. Their defense doesn't stop the run very well. Their offense stinks right now, but they also played the Niners and they also played the Browns. So do they just go up against two really good defenses while their offense stinks, or does their offense stink? Right? I mean, again, we'll, we'll find out when we talk to Brooke what her thoughts on it. 
it sets up for an opportunity for the Raiders to really win on the big stage on Sunday night. But they've got to go out and execute. Just because it sets up nicely for you, it looks good. Like my grandmother, late great-grandmother used to say, it looks good and it feels good don't mean it is good. That's all I got to say. Just because it looks good and feels good don't mean it's going to be good. The Raiders got to go out and execute. Brooke Pryor from ESPN joins the show next. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs.